This is an ABC podcast. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature. For information on your individual circumstance, please seek legal advice. There needs to be a little bit of give and take between neighbours. There are some trees that are actually nicknamed neighbour haters. In any type of neighbourhood dispute, speak to your neighbours as early as possible and as often as possible. You're not entitled to allow your animal to disturb neighbours. Once you've started that legal process, it can get very uncomfortable with the neighbours. I'm Damien Carrick and, like most people, I love trees. Australia's suburbs are blessed with an abundance of greenery, but can you have too much of a good thing? On this episode of the Law Report's special series, Know Your Rights, what can you do when a neighbour's tree is wrecking your property? Know your rights. Know your rights. The most common disputes are about trees that damage neighbouring properties, such as interfere with pipes or pools or fences or paving and that sort of thing. Barbara MacDonald is a law professor at Sydney University and she says... If a neighbour's tree damages your property, you can sue them for nuisance because the damage is considered an unreasonable interference with the use and enjoyment of your property. But this doesn't always hold true, as the outcome of the 2020 case of Hale and McAlpin found. Yes, well, look, that was a a case which arose out of a 50-year-old silver elm tree in Wagga Wagga. It had uh, reached the height of 25 metres, and the applicant felt that the tree roots from the next-door elm tree were interfering with her stormwater pipes and with her swimming pool and with various other parts, cracked plaster, a boundary wall, internal damage, shifting foundations and so on. And, um, you know, they had various negotiations, but eventually she approached the commissioner and the Land and Environment Court using the procedure that's set out there Now, in the end, she only succeeded in obtaining an order that the neighbour cut the tree down to a height of one metre. She didn't succeed in her application for, I think it was nearly $40,000 worth of damage that she said had been suffered. Why um, why not? I mean, why not if if, if you could show that the damage was caused by the roots? Yes, well, because of the age of the house, the and other conditions, the Commissioner wasn't absolutely satisfied on the balance of probabilities that, you know, this is what had caused it. So the fact that it was a kind of a maybe a creaking old house, that made a difference. Yes, that's right. Uh, and expert evidence is very important here. And, and that expert evidence, um, often you have on-site uh, hearings where, you know, the Commissioner or the mediator or the, or the judge, depending on where you are in the country, they'll, they'll come and they'll be kind of structural engineers and also arborists as well. Yes. These are kind of tree experts who can yes. talk to about what, 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 you know, the roots are doing, the branches are doing, what dangers are posed. So, yes, you do have to rely on arborists. And, of course, you also assume that they are familiar with your local government rules and regulations about what you can take down without permission and and where you need permission. So you, you do need to um, engage a responsible and well-qualified arborist to advise you on these sorts of matters. But the other point was the liability of the neighbour. You know, you only become liable for something which is naturally there or which you didn't plant if you know that it, it's a nuisance and you fail to take reasonable steps. So the Commissioner put quite a lot of emphasis on the lack of knowledge of the neighbour about certain matters. So um, so because the tree was there, maybe before the neighbour moved in... Yes, absolutely. Yes, exactly. That, she yes, wasn't so responsible for the monster that it became. Yes, well, that's right. 
And these days there are lots of local government rules and regulations aimed at protecting heritage trees or the leafy feel of a particular suburb. In the 2020 case of Donnelly and Hunters Hill Council, there was a clash between the council and the homeowners. Yes, look, that was an interesting case. I mean, Mr and Mrs Donnelly had a very old house. Um, Hunters Hill was a very much a heritage area with old sandstone houses. The very large, the enormous camphor laurel outside their house on the footpath, it was 90 to 100 years old, the roots were causing the, the fence to crack up. It was causing a lot of a lot of damage to their house. The sandstone entrance gate, you know, wouldn't shut. The sandstone blocks on the fence, lifting internal sandstone paving, which can be dangerous to entrance uh, and so on, a risk uh, liability to the occupiers. They requested the council to remove the camphor laurel and the council said, yes, we will, but then neighbours and other residents objected to the tree going and so the council revoked their decision. So Dr Donnelly, the, the owner, then uh, sued the council. He sued them for nuisance, saying that it was causing substantial damage and unreasonable damage to his property, and he succeeded. They were ordered to pay $40,000 to him in damages and to remove the tree, but most expensively, they were liable for his costs and the costs of each party of going to court, five-day hearing in this matter, you know, were $100,000 each. So it was a very expensive process altogether. While having to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in court might seem huge, these decisions around trees can actually be fatal. There have been some instances where councils have refused permission um, to, to a resident to chop down a tree on their property and then the tree, tragically in one case, in the Shoalhaven Council in the south of uh, New South Wales, uh, Mr Gordon Timms had asked for a tree to be cut down, a 25-metre spotted gum. The council said no and said he'd be fined if he did so. And tragically, one of the trees fell on his house and he was killed instantly. And it was an action brought by his widow against the council and she succeeded. The court saying that the council there had acquired a duty of care. I think that's a... A, a, a warning to councils that, you know, if they refuse permission, and again, they should only do so on expert evidence, I think, and residents need to get expert evidence as to whether a tree is dangerous or not. Disputes around trees aren't only about civil damages. There are also cases where neighbours face criminal charges for poisoning or cutting down trees on their neighbour's property. This was the case of Hunters Hill Council and Ms Lou. Miss Lou got an arborist to advise her and she cut down two uh, substantial cheese trees which were on a neighbouring property, presumably because they were interfering with her sunlight or something like that, I'm not really sure, or view. Hunters Hill is a very leafy suburb of Sydney, but it does also, many houses have lovely views of the harbour. So I'm not really sure why she cut it down in this case or wanted them cut down. But this was a case where she cut down trees on a neighbour's property, committing trespass against the neighbour very clearly, and there would be an action there. But this was a criminal action and she was fined $48,000 and would have a criminal conviction on her record. I mean, in cases like this, the maximum penalty is $500,000. And the fight over blocking views is a really common one between neighbours. But is the law ever on your side when it comes to keeping a view? The law is absolutely clear here and has been for centuries. There is no right to a view 
that the fundamental common law will protect. You can't sue a nuisance because somebody has interfered with your view or cut out your harbour view. This is an area where you can often read about trees mysteriously being poisoned or ringbarked or just being removed. One local council in Sydney took the step of covering the poisoned tree with a black shroud, which um, made the view even worse. Now, you, you know, your, your view of the harbour was not interrupted by a tree, but by a black shroud over the tree, which was pretty ugly and would remain for as long as the tree was safe to leave up. But look, the point is that you need to get permission. So, so you, uh, final words of advice, um, if you have a tree that's causing damage on your property, what steps can you take? Yes, well, if a tree is causing damage or is about to cause damage to your property or is at risk of causing personal injury, I think you do need to take action straight away and notify the neighbour of this so that it's quite clear that the neighbour has knowledge of the risk and of the damage that's happening um, and can't hide behind a lack of knowledge. And also um, get onto the council, the local council, straight away because councils are not just concerned with their own property public property, but they're also concerned with disputes between neighbours and, and they may be able to intervene here. But um, otherwise, depending on which state you're in, take advantage of the procedures that are now set up um, under various acts to, say, approach the equivalent of the Land and Environment Court or your local court to get an order that your neighbour do something to remedy the, the risk or the damage. I suppose general advice for owners remember that you know the law of nuisance and the law of neighbourhood is live and let live try and negotiate don't engage in conduct which might later be seen as malicious because that would count against you um, when the court was deciding whether or not your behaviour was reasonable and whether or not you were making reasonable use of your property and I suppose generally get permission Next time on Know Your Rights Pets, what happens when your neighbour hates the dog that you love? If your dog repeatedly barks, you'll get a visit from the council dog whisperer to talk to you about it and ultimately fines can be imposed under legislation. Catch you then. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.